0: Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. Hope you're doing well. Uh, It's good to see everyone in church today. And uh, um, just be... Together, Beholding Jesus. Uh, What a great uh, bunch of songs, and even just this last song, uh, just challenging us, pointing us uh, to the person of Jesus. So uh, I've got a lot that's happening here, and part of the reason I've got a lot that's happening here is because uh, I'm a very practical person, and uh, I like to pass on stuff. Uh, especially when I have the opportunity to talk or preach or or that. And so there will be a lot of passing on uh, at the end of that, but that comes with the application. Uh, Now um, I'm going to say one thing, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. The thing that I'm going to say is, if you were here last week, you'd know that we said that we're going to be going through Exodus. Uh, Pastor Charles will be preaching through Exodus. Pastor Charles had an opportunity to go away uh, with Rick, um, as you know. They could, uh, so they both lost their wives uh, on the elders, and uh, you know, just a good time to go away uh, and engage and connect. And so that's what's happening uh, this weekend. So you can continue to pray. They, I think, are having a good time away, uh, and so I had to step in. So the elders sent in the youngster. Uh, so you guys have me today. So I decided to wear a suit so that I don't feel that young today. Uh, I, I'm sure all of you guys are like, we've never seen him like that. That is true, you have not. Uh, so, And if you're a visitor, everyone makes fun of me, so it's okay, you can join in. Uh, let me pray for us, and then we can dive in. Dear Lord Jesus, uh, really, what we are after this morning, what our hearts are after, what I'm hoping for is that we can behold you during this time, Jesus, that we can really lift our eyes and see you, and we can be changed by that experience. We can really be changed by that experience. And so, Father, my prayer right now um, is that may I decrease and may you increase. Our Lord, uh, may we uh, be lost in you. May we be called and drawn to you, we pray, and may we respond to that call. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, uh, this morning, um, we're going to be going through uh, John chapter 15, from verse 1 to 17. It's a very familiar passage, and every time I come to a familiar passage, uh, one of the things that I do pray is that the Lord would make it fresh for me. Make it like fresh manna. If you uh, are not... Coming from church, there's a story in the Bible uh, where God rescues the Israelites from, Exeter, uh, from, from Egypt. Uh, it's in the book of Exodus, and uh, that's the one we've been going through, so that's why I'm quoting from that. Uh, and, and, and when they get into the desert field, God begins to provide for these Israelites, and every day He provides manna for them. And every day they have to go pick new, fresh manna. Don't keep the old stock. And so, when you're coming to this passage, which is very familiar, my prayer for you is that it will be fresh again. Don't come with, oh, I've read that passage before. Come with, okay, Lord, I want to come with fresh eyes. And so, even as I was preparing, uh, that was my hope for it. That was my hope for John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 17. We will go to different places also in the Bible, but the, the main passage we're looking at is John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 17. And so, uh, John, uh, the book of John is written by uh, John, uh, who was uh, also one of the disciples, not the Baptist. Uh, and the gospel according to John. Uh, the beauty of going through the book of John, so I heard uh, when AJ was sharing, he said uh, with his friend, he's going through the book of Mark. The book of John is one of my favorite books to go to, especially when I'm reading it with someone who is not exposed to the Bible. So I like to go to the book of John. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, Uh, A a book that is very, very helpful in trying to understand who Jesus is. And so uh, by way of introduction and starting off, we're actually going to start, sorry, I think uh, you move forward. So we're going to start in John chapter 20, uh, verse, uh, so the main passage is John chapter 15, but uh, John gives a cheat code. There's a reason I love the book of John, is because it comes with a cheat code. So you get to know everything there is about in the book of John. Uh, And you see in John chapter 20, verse 32-31, it reads, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. So, this is what John has written the whole book. He gets to the resurrection of Christ and then he writes this little insert in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. He says, There are many other things that Jesus did that are not written in this book. So he did them in the presence of the disciples, but they're not written here. But the things that I wrote in the last 20 chapters. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may, have eter- uh, you may have life in his name. So there's two reasons why John wrote the book. Two reasons. That everything that you've seen written, the signs that are seen in books, so it's a cheat code. So when you go to John chapter 1, when you go to John chapter 2, This cheat code is very, very helpful. And you will see how useful it is in our passage today in John chapter 15. So if you go to the next slide, you'll see. So again, there are two reasons so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? So when we're going through John chapter 15, the goal is to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and then that by believing you may have life in His name. So that's really my prayer this morning for us to see Jesus for who he is and believe that he is the Christ and that that believing will give you life. That believing will give you life this morning. It's an important cheat code, a useful cheat code. So when you go through John with a friend, with yourself in your own quiet time, remember the cheat code and try use it. Uh, it has been useful for me. Um, who is this Jesus that we are looking at? And how does he give you life? That's a massive promise. That's a massive promise that he promised to give you life. There's a quote that I like uh, by um, an author called A.W. Toza. A.W. Toza is one of my favorite authors to read. Uh, he writes a book. Uh, I told you that I come... Bearing things. Uh, he writes a book called The Knowledge of the Holy and the Pursuit of God. He writes a lot of different books. Um, get this book for yourself. It's definitely an important book uh, to get, just to read. Read good books, it's important. Um, so he writes a book and, and, and he starts off the book by saying these words What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What that means is, I can not know nothing about you, but what you think about God will tell me everything I need to know about you. Who you think God is will tell me everything I need to know about you. It will decide on the job you take. It will decide on who you marry. It will decide on where you choose to live. It decides everything. About you, What you think about who God is influences everything about you, about me, about everyone in this world. That's the opening line of the book. So if I'm going to sell the book, that's all I can sell. But this is really all I can say to you that Jesus is telling us in John chapter 15. So if you have your Bible with you. Turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 1 to 17. I will read I read from the New American standard, but please try follow even if you read in a different version. And it reads as thus: "I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit." You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love If you keep my commandments You will abide in my love Just as I have kept my father's commandments And abide in his love These things I have spoken to you So that my joy may be in you And that your joy may be made full This is my commandment That you love one another Just as I have loved you Greater love has no one than this that one may lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all the things that I have heard from my, ma- from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appoint you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain. So that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you that you love one another. John chapter 15 um, is working along the context that Jesus has been talking to his disciples. He's been having a conversation back and forth, answering a few different questions of his disciples. It's begun all the way back. We see he has these statements of I am's. So you might know in the Bible, Jesus and John, he, he tells us, continues to remind us who he is. Remember the cheat code? We want, or John wants to tell us who is Jesus that he is who he says he is, the Christ, the Son of God, and that we may believe him, and in believing we may have life. Now Jesus begins to tell us who he is, and he starts off saying, I am the vine, and you are the branches. My father is the vine dresser. Jesus is exposing to us who he is. He's telling us that he is the source of our life. Now, John chapter 15, um, if you need a direction, is split up pretty much into two parts that lead to one main statement. So if you're a person who loves direction, this is the direction we're going. The first turn verses point us to verse 11. That's really where we're going. So you're trying to go to verse 11. The passage is leading us to verse 11. And the next five verses from 12 uh, to 17 point us back to verse 11. So it almost works like a poetry thing uh, that, you know, it's saying the same thing. Uh, it's pointing us everything to verse 11. And, and you could be like, Sammy, how do you know it's pointing us to verse 11? Remember the cheat code? The cheat code is Jesus uh, John is trying to tell us about who Jesus is and that in believing Jesus, we may have life. Verse 11 tells us this, that these things I have spoken to you so that you may have my joy in you and that your joy may be made full. It's the same repeated statement. It's the same statement he says at the end. So the goal of this part of John is to show you how to have ultimate joy. So if you need to know, how do I get the best life? How do I live my best life? Read or follow with me in John chapter 15. There's two ways to get the best life. The first way, abide. Abide in Christ. It is an invitation. The best invitation the world has ever had. When AJ was sharing and when that, um, the, 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 the AJ's partner was saying only 1% of them know Jesus in Japan, it's sad. Because they, the best invite the world has ever had was the invite to abide. And Jesus says that to you and to me. Today, he says, abide. He says, abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, to those who have been walking with Christ for a long time, here's a question. Do we really, really believe that apart from Christ we can do nothing? We can do nothing. The only thing that you can do that's worth anything happens because you abide. Happens because you abide. Now, we'll talk a little bit about what abiding looks like because Jesus tries to explain that to us. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Connect with me. Stay in me. In verse 7, if you abide in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Let abide in my words. The only way you can abide is by reading God's word and praying that he would reveal himself to you. Now, we read God's word together, but even in private, in your own time, abide in him. We abide together. You abide by yourself. The goal of all of our lives should be to abide because all our goals would be that our lives count for Something and the only way our lives count for something is if we abide. The, the world tries to sell us that our lives can count from something apart from Christ, that's all it ever does. From the day you are born, you try to go to school, they ask you the question, What are you going to be when you grow up? I think I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, oh. when you're a doc- that's great, your life's going to matter then. Right? Oh, no, what are you going to be? Ah, no, no, I'm not going to be. I'm going to be an engineer. Or I'm going to solve the world's problems. or I'm going to do that. And for other people, it's like, I want to be on the screen. I want to tell stories. We all get sold so much, and we put value on our work, on, on people because of the work that they do. In reality, none of it matters unless you abide. Paul tells us in Corinthians that whatever you do in Word or deed, whether you're working or sleeping, whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the only way it matters if you abide. Your work matters if you abide. It does not matter if you don't abide. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Work has been given to you and to me by Way of abiding. Work comes before sin. We are called to work. Work is a beautiful thing. If you remember who gives it to you. And if you remember, it's another opportunity to abide. Jesus here invites us abide in me and I in you. Just as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. That's the invitation. That's the first main road. Now there's a few slip roads that you might be like, Sam, there's other things that, that we can talk about. And all I've got to say to you is, yes, we can talk about those things, but the main point of those 10 verses is for you to abide. It's the invitation to abide. Now the other side of not abiding means death. Death. You can find no life, no joy, if you don't abide. The reality is, if you don't abide, you choose death. You choose a life of no joy. You choose a life of unfruitfulness. The only way that your life can bear fruit is by abiding. If you're not abiding, your life will not bear fruit. Now, this is The other place I'll make a little bit of a disclaimer. Many of us, especially in the church, sometimes try to bear fruit without abiding. We run to the things of God by trying and not trying to run to God. Does that make sense? So we do a lot of good things without trying to love God. It is impossible. It will make you tired, frustrated, You'll hate it. You'll hate other Christians. You'll be, oh, these Christians are just awful people, man. I just, I don't know. Why do I have to walk with them? You know, like it will frustrate you if you try to do the things of God without abiding in God Himself. Bearing fruit is a result of abiding. You cannot bear fruit outside of abiding. Abiding is what results in fruit. Abiding is what results in fruit. Now, another way to say this is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 10. So I think I'll put that one up so you can read it with me. So this is Paul. This is not now John. This is Paul saying the exact same thing. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So, so listen to what Paul is saying in, to, to, the, to the church in Colossians. He's saying, now, how did you receive Christ Jesus? How do we receive Jesus? Repentance and believing, right? So, as you received Christ Jesus, now walk in Him. Again, you do not graduate abiding. You do not graduate from repentance and believing. What makes me a Christian today is today I'm willing to abide. Or, in Paul's words, today I'm willing to repent and believe. We don't graduate that. This is what we are, this is who we are. We are people of repentance and faith. We constantly repent and believe. I repent and believe yesterday. I have to repent and believe today. I have to repent and believe tomorrow. And by doing so, by the way, we invite friends, family, people who don't know Jesus to the same thing we're doing. This is the only way that you and I as a Christian share something that doesn't feel like we're better than you. You know, you know people like saying that statement like, oh, you Christians, you think you're better than us. It's like, no, no, actually we don't. We just want you to do what we say we're doing. We're not suggesting something we don't want to do ourselves. And this is what Paul is reminding the church in Colossae. Just as you received Christ the first time, so walk in him. And then he does the the rest of this. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And then Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophies and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity was pleased to dwell, or dwells in bodily form. And you have been filled in him who is the head and rule over all. This is an amazing thing, by the way. It's sort of easy to pass over it. So so Paul says, just as you receive Christ, walk in Him. Repent and believe, continue the same way. And what he begins to do is he grows us, he matures us. We become rooted and built up in Him. We become established in Him. And then he warns us, don't be misled by philosophies and empty deceits of the world that are going to try and move you away from walking in the same way you came in. Those are all empty deceit. They are philosophies of the world. They try to promise you that, oh, no, no, no. When you came in, you repented and believed, and now when you grow, you can grow this way. Those are empty deceits. We grow the same way we came in. We continue to see Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That is Christianity 101, and that is Christianity 1000. It never changes. Behold the Lamb of God. Abide in Him. And then he finishes off, for in him the fullness of deity dwells bodily. In Jesus, that John is trying for us to see, all of God's godness dwells in him. He is fully God. And guess what? And you have been filled in him. These are those things that we sometimes just walk past it and are unbelievable. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 to 29 says this. It says the mystery which has been hidden for ages and generations and now has been revealed to the saints. It says this mystery, this is a mystery. It has been hidden for ages and generations and now has been revealed to the saints that to them, the, us, the Gentiles, To them, God chose to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. And what are these glorious riches of this mystery? What is this mystery, you ask? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's ridiculous. Jesus, who all the deity, all of Godness dwells, lives in you. He says, abide in me. It is ridiculous. And yet, Jesus' death on the cross makes it possible for us. So take the invitation. Abide. Abide. He dwells in you if you would abide. And by abiding, your joy, his joy will be in you and your joy will be made full. His joy will be in you and your joy will be made full. So I said, that's the one road, remember? Abide in Christ. The second road that leads to the same place is love one another. Now, how do I know those two roads work? It's because when they were testing Jesus and they were trying Jesus, they said, so Jesus, what's the most important commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love him with everything you can. Or, John chapter 15 abide in him, abide in his love, abide in his words. Love him. And he said, The second is just like the first. He was answering one question. The second is just like the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, verse 12 to verse 17, that's all he's doing. So read with me, verse 12 to 17. And this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that uh, one laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appoint you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. This This I command you, that you love one another. On the other side, he says, abide, and if you abide, whatever you ask, I will give you. On this side, he says, love one another. And I have done so much, I've laid down my life for you so that you go and love one another, bear fruit by loving one another. And if you would love one another, whatever you ask of my Father, I will give you. Jesus is trying to say to his disciples and to us 2,000 years later, if you would abide in me, your joy will be full. Whatever you ask, it will be given you. If you love one another... You will be doing what I ask of you, and whatever you ask will be given to you, and your joy will be made full. That's, 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 the, that's it. That's the message. Pack up. You can go home. That really is it. You know? It's, 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 Paul says it differently in 1 Corinthians. Now, now, listen to the words that he says later. So he says that if I uh, speak in tongues of men and of angels but don't have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging symbol. Right? If I can if I have the gift of prophecies and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but have not love, the words he uses is I am nothing. Remember what it said in abide? If you do not abide, you are. Whatever you do is nothing. Now it's talking about love. Paul is saying you could have the gifts of prophecies, you could have and fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. But if you do not have love, I am nothing. Right? Even if you have the faith to move mountains, he says, if I have the faith to move mountains, I am nothing. Right? And he goes on. And says, "Love is patience. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrong. No record of wrongs. Love never fails. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Do this with one another. Love each other. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled." Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. This happens. But these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love one another. And if you would love one another, your joy may be made full. His joy in you will increase and your joy will be made full. That's it, that's the secret to life, guys. That's the secret to true joy. Abide in Him and love one another. These things I have spoken to you, that your joy may be my that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Beloved, that's what he says in 1 John let us love one another. Verse 7 to to 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that does not love does not know God, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another. Love each other. You have every opportunity. That's why we are all gathered here as an opportunity. We give each other opportunities to love one another. And as we love one another, his joy will be in us and our joy will be made full. That's why you sit in that seat. You have an opportunity to love each other. And then you have his word so you can abide in him. Now, application. Application. By way of application, I've got a few points that I've got. Read God's Word. Read God's Word. Download Bible apps. Follow Bible plans. If you don't have anything of these, ask Pastor Jabu, ask some of the elders, ask people who've been walking with God for longer, how do you read God's Word? Read God's Word. Get into it. Read it in your home language. Sometimes it's just helpful. Sometimes it just speaks a little bit differently if you're Afrikaans and you just read certain things. And it just might speak in the way that your mom or your dad used to speak it to you. You know? And it it might just... But whatever it takes for you to make it fresh so that you can abide, do it. You know? Sing God's word to yourself. You know, there's, there's a psalm, Psalm 124, uh, that, that I like to remind myself. But I, I remind myself of it in Tswana because just certain words in your home language also sound more scary, you know, uh, and, and just remind you of how important what is being said is, you know. Uh, so, so, or, or try to do this. Go home and look at Galatians chapter 3, uh, the one that says, you foolish Galatians. Read that in your home language. It just makes you remember, like, how foolish the Galatians were being. You know, when you hear you foolish Galatians in Afrikaans, I don't know what that says in Afrikaans, by the way. It, it, it probably for an Afrikaner sounds like, oh, okay, this guy's he's really foolish right now. You know, in Swana it says, or something of that sort. It's like, wow, these Galatians are really foolish. And then it hits home. It's like, Sam, don't be that guy. You know? But the point is, read God's word. Secondly, I've tried... To memorize God 's word, I make it a, a habit to try memorize God 's word. So I'm sure you 've noticed, and, and I did it on purpose today, I tried to uh, share a lot of the scripture memory that I think. I read and I try share God 's word uh, and memorize it. Now that 's one of the reasons I brought this up. This is like a little box that you can get at any of these Waltons or P A, and I take cue cards and I write scripture memory on them, and I try memorize God 's Word. I don't know how you're going to do it, but try memorize God's word. It's helpful. It's helpful for you to abide. It helps me abide. It helps me when I'm struggling. It helps me when I'm doing well. It helps me across my life. Memorize God's word. If you don't know how to memorize God's word, ask other people who have strategies of memorization. This is only only but one. There's many different strategies. Pray, meditate on God's word. Make it a habit to abide. Read great books. I Gave you one example today. You know the knowledge of the Holy. It's very short. It reads a little bit English, old schoolish, but you can get through it quickly. By A. W. Tozer. Now I'll have a side story. Uh, my daughter's name is Aobakwe Warona Rabolele. Which uh, means bakwe may our God be praised. So Warona is our. So it's her name says, may our God be praised. But I made it an effort, and you know, uh, my wife is very gracious because she allows me these sort of things. uh, And I had to beg for the eight months that we were waiting for Abaku to say, I wanted her name to actually be A W, because I like him so much. You know. (laughs) but it's a great story for me to share with her when she grows up to say i forced your name to be aw so go read the book you know but but i really like the author that much but the point is, read great books. There's lots of them. And lots of people in, this, in the church have read great books. Go ask them which books they read. Read books from John Piper, from A.W. Tozer. Read missionary books. Oh, th- those are great as well. Read, read the, the missionary John Patton. It will blow your mind, but read it anyway. You know, uh, read missionary journals. It is amazing. But read great books. They help you abide. Go to each other's houses. Now, This is a tough one. I'm also growing in this. But go to each other's houses. Spend time with each other. Fight to love each other. Force yourself to do so. Have coffees with each other. Disciple people. Disciple people. And the things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will be able to teach others also. Or much rather... Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Or back to Colossians chapter 1, Him we tell you about. I toil with everything in me to tell you about Him. Do this with You can only do this if you do it with each other. So spend time with each other. Disciple people. Look for disciple opportunities. Look for people to disciple you. And then share your struggles with one another. Learn to share your struggles. This is a tough one. Because we just don't like opening our lives to others. It's very difficult to do, and I completely understand that. But this is how you love one another. Walk in the light with each other. Walk in the light with each other. Tell each other what you're going through. Find a few people at first and you can begin to make it a, a habit. Share when you're struggling. You know, we live in a world where we all struggle and struggle in silence and it's not good. Love one another because if you love one another, his joy will be in you and your joy will be made full. So share your struggles with each other. Whatever burdens, Galatians chapter 6:2. bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear each other's burdens. I think I'll stop there. Let me pray for us. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word, which is always teaching us, always admonishing us, always correcting us. Also, that we can see you, Jesus, for who you truly are, and that our joy may be made full. And so, Father, uh, this morning, as you have reminded us to abide in you, we pray, Lord, help us to abide. Help us to have your words abide in us. Help us to have your love abide in us. And then, Father, secondly, help us love one another. Help us keep your commandment to love each other. Thank you so much for your word, which is so refreshing to us. And Lord, um, we do pray to you uh, this morning, eh, and even thinking about how the Father is the vine dresser, continue to cut away the things that make doing this possible. Continue to cut away the things that stop us from abiding. Continue to cut away the things that stop us from loving one another cut them away that we can be able to be great witnesses of what our great father has done for us thank you in jesus name we pray amen thank you for listening to the sermon find out more about central baptist church at www.central.org.za